Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm back hosting. And as ever, I'm joined by our man fresh from Benidorm. He's, he's had some sun. He's done some work over in Spain. Mr. Matt Wilson. Yeah, I wouldn't say fresh is the right word, but I, I have come back from Benidorm. <laughs> when did you get back? Uh, last night, just before the end of the cricket. So Oh, I've so you got to catch cricket? Saw the last five overs of the cricket and... Um, yeah, it didn't really go down well, too well with the, the missus when I walked in and immediately turned the TV on um, <laughs> and said, look, I'll put the kids to bed as soon as the cricket finishes. And then obviously, they're at that remarkable ending. You have a tie and then a super over. It's another 30 minutes. And the, unfortunately, the kids were a bit late to sleep last did, night. But You just walked in with your luggage, dropped it on the side. Don't talk to me. The cricket's on. I didn't say don't talk to me. <laughs> You're I much did, nicer than that. I did, I, but I did, uh, I did try and educate... Uh, my uh, four-year-old and two-year-old into what a super over is and, and overthrows. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. When it went to a super over, I had no idea what a super over was. Well, I, I was aware of what it was, but I didn't know the rule about the boundaries, which essentially is what they won on. And it, you've got to feel sorry for New Zealand in oh. that scenario, haven't you? Because they, um, you know, they, they lost fewer wickets during, the, um, during the, the, the actual innings. Although, I've, uh, of course, I don't think England would have made would have lost those last two wickets because they wouldn't have run the second. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah, it was so close. It couldn't have been closer, really. It was a game for the ages, and it's this the sort of thing that makes you realise why you watch sport. Those sort of games, completely different to uh, the game in Benetton. It must have, must be said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly, we'll, we'll get onto that one. Um, I mean, season three, the Baggies broadcast. Matt, are you are you excited for a new season? Are you fresh? Are you ready to go for another year? Um, I wouldn't say I'm I'm, I'm fresh. I'm, I suppose I'm excited, um, but I'm. I, I, to be honest, I need a holiday. But <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, I'm excited to be doing the podcast again. We're going to hopefully uh, revamp it a little bit this season. Yeah, try and get some new features. Um, maybe the old special guest every now and then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, if anyone is keen to sponsor it as well, um, you know, let us know. Get in touch with us. Um, you can find, you know, get in touch with us on Twitter or, or, or email us mm-hmm. um, because we, we're keen to do that as well. And, you know, we, we it is growing quite well. We, you know, we regularly get... I think we've got a solid fan base now. Yeah, right? a, you a know, solid over a thousand, sometimes even more than that. So you, if you want to, you know, get into the ears of hundreds, if not thousands of West Brom fans every week, let us know and... Um, we, we, we'd love to have a sponsor for, for the podcast moving forward. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, right, let's get into it because you, you did touch on it. Um, West Brom nil, Villarreal 3. Um, not exactly the start anyone would have really wanted pre-season. No, I mean, let's start off by saying that Villarreal are very, technically a very good side. Um, you know, they reached the quarterfinals of the Europa League last season and in terms of technical ability and passing the ball around they were far superior to Albion mm. um, and it was a point that Billich made afterwards to me you know like he basically said Spaniards can play football when when they're not fit because they don't rely on physicality it's like different to a number of Albion players who rely on their physical attributes perhaps more than their technical attributes mm. and it was quite one-sided there was one side that saw a lot of the ball um, if you're being positive, you could say that Albin got a good workout because they, yeah. they were they were chasing shadows for a lot of it, um, particularly in the first half um, when the Villarreal skipper, I think it was Trigueros, was absolutely running the show. Fantastic little player, um, but I think 
the striking thing for me was how how little threat going forward they showed. I mean, mm. the three they conceded three goals, but all three were slightly sloppy. You know, conceded one from a corner, uh, a penalty, um, which I think Kieran Gibbs gave away, and he didn't have a good game. Um, for the first, you know, well, he's only played forty-five minutes, but he didn't have a good game. Yeah, um, and um, then a mistake from Dara O'Shea at the very end, who who did have a good game, and he was the only player that played ninety minutes, and it was you know thirty degrees heat, and it, after a session, after a week of eight sessions, intense sessions of getting yeah. fit, you can you can forgive that, I think, for for a young centre back um, in a pre-season game when when he was the only one asked to to do the full ninety. So, um, you know, all three goals were sloppy. Um, but I thought it was actually rather than those mistakes at the back, it was it was just the lack of penetration going forward that worried me more because um, it felt like they defended okay. Yeah. Um, you know, O'Shea had a good game. Um, Bartley, apart from clattering <laughs> one person, um, had an okay game. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Gibbs played very well, um, and I didn't think Neon played very well either, actually. Um, you know, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't moved on this summer. But you've got to remember that they've they are they they need additions at the back, but they do also need additions up front, and and that is that is the crucial part of the of the of the, of the team that now needs strengthening because Oliver Burke and Matt Phillips started up front mm-hmm. in the four four two, and afterwards Billy said that he wants to play with two up front if possible. Yeah, and Burke was winning flick ons, but you know, I. I Phillips was never really there and I don't I don't I like Matt Phillips as a player but I don't think he's a striker I, I prefer him as a as a winger um, or may even I think he can do a job in, in a central midfield three as we saw last season Yeah, I don't really think he's a, I don't think he's really the right I don't think he's got the right um, mentality of a striker I think he needs a lot of coaching in that position yeah 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 Burke perhaps is more accustomed to being a striker because he's played there for a bit longer um, I think last season there was a, there was there was a there was an obvious um, effort to try and convert him into a striker from mm-hmm. a winger because mm-hmm. to use that pace, but he does need to learn how to close down the ball correctly because you know he was he was running around, but he the the the, the defenders were just skipping past him. Yeah, you know he, there there are ways of closing the ball down properly. If you if you watch Gareth Barry the way he closes down the ball, he's nowhere near as fast or as fit as Burke, but. He doesn't let the play get past him because he, he jockeys the the opposition. And I think don't think Burke has, has really got used to that. He's sort of he makes the he makes the opponent's mind up for him by being too fast. So yeah. another case of Burke perhaps being um, too fast for his own good in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was winning winning a lot of flick ons. So hopefully you know there, there might be something to work with there. Again afterwards, um, Billich highlighted the fact that they need stri- need strikers. I'm sure we're going to come onto his comments shortly. Um, but he did say, "Look, I am hoping that Burke will, will, will show some potential behind Tyler Robson, Carly." Yeah, it certainly screams a little bit of of Billich. Almost, if he wants to play two strikers up front at the moment, he doesn't have two strikers to choose from. So, although you've seen Phillips and Burke up there, there's it's very unlikely that I imagine anyway that that will be the case come you know third of August. Well, I hope not. I mean, they. It's painfully obvious where they where they need to strengthen, and that they do need to strengthen, as as Billich has pointed out. You know, they lost six loanees at the end of last season. They released five more senior players, and they've sold two more. Mm-hmm. That's thirteen players from the squad that's gone, and they've yeah. and they've signed one person on loan. Now, I'm not saying they need to make twelve signings in the last three weeks, but they certainly need to make half of that at yeah. least. I've, you know, I think they've got to bring in six six bodies at least 
Um, you're looking at two strikers, probably two defenders, um, or maybe three defenders, um, and then at least another midfielder. I would go for a left winger. I think that's where they need one. Mm. Um, I also did think Carl Edwards played well. I thought he he showed some some flashes and some pace. Um, I think out of out of all the youngsters, him and O'Shea were the were the ones that stood out for me. Um, but you know, it, it it it's painfully obvious where where they need to strengthen and that they need to strengthen soon. I mean, Billy said afterwards, it's um, it's 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 crucial that we strengthen next week. It's you know, he's he's basically urged Alvin to get to get things through now. Mm. You could read it one way by saying he's just telling everyone what they, what they already know, or is he putting a bit of pressure on the board? It's pretty early for that. For, for that, you know, it's, it's pretty early for things to be um, deteriorating. Now, I'm not saying that they are, yeah, but he, he, there's certainly a frustration there. And I think, you know, that the amount of fans that went over to Mendon was was fantastic. Um, I, th- I think there was over a thousand. I, I, you know, the general manager of the of the stadium said there were these, the um, attendance was 1,900. Well. More than half of them were Albion. I would say there was about twelve hundred Albion fans there. Yeah. Um, which seasoned veterans tell me that's the that's the biggest away following for a, a, an abroad preseason game, probably in living memory. Yeah. So um, it was a fantastic uh, following, and I think Billich was was annoyed and frustrated that that was the first impression they got of his team because it wasn't very good, no. and you know they were made to look a bit silly by a much more competent technical side. Yeah, let's not forget as well, there's some absolute class on that Villarreal side. I mean, they're a La Liga team, but in there you've got Gerard Moreno, as you, as you said, the captain, uh, Trigueros, was it? Uh, Santi Cazorla's in that side. Yeah, he did, I mean, he didn't play Cazorla, but yeah. um, the, the two before um, scored the first two goals, and they're very good players. I mean, they brought Carlos Bacca on as well, um, who scored the third. Yeah, they're a quality They're a quality side. I mean, they only finished 14th, I think, last season, but they, they are obviously a good side, and um, I think... You know, it was always going to be tricky, but I, I think they, Abby would have liked to see a bit more for you know forward thinking, a bit more attacking yeah. play. It, in the second half, there was a bit more mm-hmm. when when Brunt and uh, Kravinovic and, and Field came on. Um, th- there was a bit more, uh, but you know, it's still they created a chance for Carl Edwards, who, uh, who which was blocked, and there was also a chance for Rayhan Tullock late on, and, and I think Sam Field headed goalwards as well. But you know, that was that was when Villarreal were winding down, to be honest. Um, so you know, it's it's it, it, it's it's dangerous to read too much into preseason games. Mm-hmm. It really is um, because the squad's going to hopefully, or, well, definitely need to look completely different. But come third, come the third of August, so um, you know you've got other players to come back as well, like Hagazi. So mm-hmm. it, it you can't you can't be too concerned, but you also have to um, you also have to, you can only look at what what's in front of you and also what Billich said is, is is completely right they need to get moving they need to get a wiggle on because it's time you know the transfer window is three and a half weeks yeah, it's not it's not it's not far off is not it not far off so it's it's, it's it, it is real time to get moving yeah so let, let's hear what Billich had to say at the moment uh, is it close I don't know I hope it's close mm. no, it's not on me I mean, I'm I'm inside of course but, uh, not me who is dealing, who is, who is finishing the, the, the transfers, I hope, because it is, uh, it's about time. Mm. No, it's only for weeks, like any other manager. I, I also want to, to, to have the players first day on a pre-season, yeah. the pre-season but, but uh, let's say 
would be crucial for them to come next week. It's clear that Bilic wants players in and he wants them quick, doesn't he? Yeah, it's absolutely crystal clear. And look, he's only been there two weeks, so um, and they lost when did they lose J Rod. Um, they lost J Rodriguez last Monday, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't too long ago. Um, and they're trying to sell Rondon as well to China to get the full sixteen million pound for him. Yeah. Now it seems like they are waiting, rightly or wrongly, and there's an argument to say that in either way that actually you know what you need to do is be, be planning and and playing for that eventuality um, but it seems like they are waiting to get that cash in from Rondon and then they're going to go mm. uh, and, and and do um, the business that they want to do um, but they are leaving it late I mean from what I gather Luke Dowling believes there's value in the, in the, in the final two weeks of the window now I'm not convinced by that I mean maybe there will be because other teams want to get certain players off their wage bill but um, you know, Albion probably be, in terms of wages, pay one the be able to be one of the better paying clubs in the championship. Mm. But there's also a case that those clubs might be scared to sell because they don't have any time to um, replace the, the players that they're selling. So, look, we'll wait and see. Um, Dowling's obviously backing himself to, to deliver yeah. um, in this window and. Um, We'll wait and see what they come up with. But Kravinovic was obviously a Billich signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he's only come on loan and there's no option to buy. They need to get some permanent deals over the line. I mean, it, it, I, I worked it out yesterday and, and it's quite a striking factor of, of Luke Dowling's reign so far is that they haven't signed, made a permanent signing under him yet. So yeah, they've yeah, all been yeah. loans. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with going into the loan market um, because it can get you the quality that, that you can't otherwise buy. I mean, look at last season when Albion bought Dwight Gale and Harvey Barnes mm-hmm. um, players they would never have been able to get permanently um, but um, that being said you can't you can't just keep getting loans you have to you have to make additions to the squad as well now last summer they did that in, this, in the form of Sam Johnston Carl Bartley yeah. Connor Townsend now th- all three of those players improved, improved as the season wore on I thought yeah. um, so you know that's probably what you want from your permanent signings but they need to make some some strong permanent signs this summer as well because, as Bilic has said, they've got to replace some very good players. Well, do you reckon Bilic would have been acutely aware of this, having, you know, gone through the recruitment process and you know, being chosen as the Albion boss? Will he have been aware that this may be the case? He might have to wait a little bit for transfers, or would he, he have been thinking, "All right, get in, start making moves straight away"? I think he he would have been aware that some of his players could have gone. I mean, at his unveiling, he, had, he admitted as much that we we gave a nice line where he said, uh, we, um, we we something like, we train as if they're going to be here forever, but but plan, but be ready for if they leave tomorrow. Yeah. Now, um, I hope that means that Albion, because of Jay Rodriguez's much publicised £10 million release clause, they should have plans in place to deal with that. So, um, whether they're waiting for the Rondon uh, money to come in, because maybe that allows them to to get a better calibre of striker, mm. or you know the striker that they're after, there might be other other teams involved or other clubs interested, or they might have to wait for you know the 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 selling club to to buy another player. Um, all these things come into come into play, but they are leaving it rather late to do a lot of business yeah um same as in january you know remember in january they had three signings on deadline day 
and they made and they could have done four. Well, they were looking yeah. nearly did, nearly did four, uh, but sensibly, I think, in my opinion, they they decided not to do Brian Oviedo. Mm. So, you know, this is not something that's new uh, to Albion. It's, it, it used to happen a lot under under Tony Pulis, who seemed to enjoy the the, the rush of the the final, you know, almost the um, the thrill of the deal. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. He seemed to enjoy that. It seems like Luke Dowling is is, is similar. Um, thinks he can get a better deal late on. Uh, will that set Albion back at the start of the season? Will that frustrate Bilic too much? Only time will tell. Look, mm. we've got three and a half weeks, so things have got to get moving quickly. And and, and I think Bilic has, has put his marker down with that with those quotes, um, those comments to us on 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 Saturday that it's crucial we get 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 going next week. So they're going to have to get one or two in at least just to appease him because otherwise you know he he, he he said that in black and white yeah it wouldn't be an ideal way to start the season would it if you've already got a little bit of not discord but you know a little bit of maybe a tension tr- yeah tension is probably the right way to put it between the manager and the board yeah I, look it, I think it, I think at this stage it's mainly frustration mm-hmm. um, frustration at the mark that, that, that they haven't got the what they want in um, frustration, perhaps after a pretty limp display, you know, on a hot day, but you don't want that frustration to grow into, mm. like you say, into something that's a bit more tense. So, um, hopefully, they get a few things over the line this week, and a few more next week, and they get back up to the numbers that they need because at the moment they are worryingly low. Yeah. Uh, one man, of course, who did come in and as you touched on um, was a village signing, Filip Kravinovic. Um, how did he do? I mean, did he impress you? He looked technically quite good, I thought. He went and got the ball and he, and he used both feet. I, I thought he looked like a typical number eight, number ten. Mm-hmm. Almost like a a natural replacement, I suppose, for James Morrison, yeah. maybe. that He's that sort of player. He, didn't, he wasn't able to play the killer pass. Um, but very few in the in the Albion team were, and I mm. think part of the problem is that there's there was no one really ahead of them making the runs. Yeah, you know, if you had Gael and Rodriguez ahead, crisscrossing and all over the place, then perhaps you'd be able to pick one of them out. But yeah, yeah it was Robson kind of up top by himself, and he's a back to goal striker mm. who likes it rolled into his feet. So you can do that, and that's about it. So you know, I'd, I I don't want to you know. You can't really criticise him because it's forty-five minutes in the pre-season game, and yeah. he, you know. But he, he, he looked, he looked steady. Um, mm-hmm. He looked tidy, um, and hopefully we'll see flash a few more flashes of, 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 you know, what the the, the sort of things that um, earned him a great reputation at Benfica before his injury. But um, spoke to him afterwards. He's a lovely chap. Mm-hmm. His English is great. Very happy chap, and uh, seems delighted to be at Albion and, and delight, delighted to be working with Billy. So. Um, yeah, hopefully he, he can he can have a similar sort of impact as uh, as the as the last two loanies um, in the form of you know attacking loanies in the form of Gale and Barnes. Yeah, if you do almost as good as them, you you're onto something, aren't you? If, it, if he does half as well as them, then I, I think uh, Albion will be happy. Yeah, right. Let's um, let's talk transfers because the window's still open. As you said, three and a half weeks to go. We'll cover the outgoings first. Um, J Rod. No real surprise there. It was one of them where you kind of expected someone's coming in. If if your hometown club comes calling, it's always going to be hard to turn down, especially in the Premier League. Yeah, you can't begrudge Rodriguez that move. Um, and the, there was a lovely statement from him afterwards as well. Um, you know, he's only been at the club two years. Yeah, but for him to, you know, some some players are here much longer than that, and they don't do that, and they don't do that. 
Craig Dawson. You know, he, did, he, he I, well, unless I missed it, and apologies if I did, but I didn't see any, uh, any statement, public statement from him really. Mm. So, uh, very, you know, it, but that's what we come to expect from Madrid. He's just down to earth, so, you know, sort of the earth chap who just is. You can't really begrudge him his move because last mm. last summer they were two million two million pound away. Valuation Burnley from uh, from getting him, and you know that would have been a dream move for him. But he knuckled down and he scored 22 goals in the championship last season. And you know his his critics and his detractors argue, well, loads of, loads of them were penalties. Well, a you got to put those penalties in, and b um, you know he's a 20, 22 goal season striker. Yeah. I think Albion would kill for one of those now. So. Um, it, he will be a loss, um, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well in terms of his experience and his his, his, his level-headedness. Um, but like you say, for £10 million, I think the way that the market is going, someone was always going to snap that up, even though he's 29. But um, he, he proved he's proved during his time with Albion that there's there's no concerns about injuries anymore. He's absolutely fit as a fiddle. We know mm. he played so many, so many minutes last season. He's... Very super reliable, um, so yeah, I think in terms of that, that he was always going to get snatched up. I mean, the concerning thing, I suppose, was the fact that Luke Dowling two weeks before, and two weeks is a long time in football, of course. Let's not forget that. But two weeks before, thought that there might be a chance that he would stay. Yeah. Um, now, like I said, two weeks is a long time in football, but um, you know, let's hope that didn't come as a surprise to him. Yeah, fingers crossed it didn't. A lot to be said about the way he managed that as well, because there's a lot of footballers nowadays where. If a club comes sniffing, you know, they start throwing their toys out, start agitating for a move, sometimes don't rock up to training. Um, but none of that with J-Rod. No, I think um, he went about it the right way. Last summer, you know, obviously they, they wrote in this release clause in his contract that was probably negotiated. I mean, that's that's probably the way to do it. Yeah. If him and his agent probably went to the club and said, look, all right, I'll happily stay this summer, but let's write a release clause in for next year. Um, and so if I if I have a good season then and we don't go up, then we'll uh, some some we'll see if anyone activates it. Mm-hmm. Um, is ten million pound market value for a twenty nine year old striker? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to guess these things, isn't it? It, it you feel like twelve months ago maybe it would have been. Yeah. Um, but then again, they turned down sixteen, so maybe not. And I don't, you know, is is it, he's only got. I think he's only got two years left in his contract, so uh, you know one less one 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 less year. I, I don't know. It's this summer's crazy with with the fees, so yeah, maybe maybe it's a, a little under um, what they might have got for him. But I'm not. You don't get the feeling sure. they've been fleeced, do you? No, I don't think that. I don't. Th- I, I think ten million is probably about right, but maybe you would like to have made your money back on him. Yeah, ten to twelve. So I, you know, it's it's. But look, it's it's probably good news in the fact that they've managed to get a high earner off the wage bill. Yeah, and it's all now about how they reinvest it. I mean that that is that's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no good having the money sitting in the bank. Yeah, certainly. Um, another one to go, of course, Craig Dawson. You mentioned him. Um, this one for me wasn't the biggest surprise in the world. Do you reckon it was just a move that made sense for everyone involved? Yeah, Dawson was always going to go this summer. I think um, you know he, he he didn't really have his best season last year. I didn't think no. Um, didn't always look like his head was on on it, particularly in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, it was a lot better. 
Um, obviously scored that goal against Villa yeah. in the playoffs. Um, but I think this was always going to happen. And, um, you know, 5.5 or 6 million for, for a defender with one year left in his contract. You take again, that, I think. Again, is it maybe you know he's only got one year left? That's that's the issue. So yeah. I, you know I think Albion probably we're going to always going to take that there to sell him. So um, you know the uh, Rochdale got got a sell on fee as well on that. So it's not quite all of that, but it's uh, you know it's the most of it, eighty percent. So um, you know they, they've got some some money to play with now, and it's it's about how they use it. Um, and, ha- and can they use it wisely enough to, to do all the business that they need to do yeah certainly and then of course two linked away um, Salomon Rondon I mean Rafa Benitez likes this guy don't he yeah and it seems that his new Chinese club are, are willing to pay significantly more than any any English club you know at the start of the window Wolves Newcastle and West Ham were all sniffing around but I think um, as long as Rondon's prepared to go to China it looks like that that's a deal that could happen mm-hmm. um, you know my, my question mark would be whether he wants to go at this stage yeah. in his career. After what he did for Newcastle last season, does he think his stock's a bit higher? Could he perhaps get a, you know, a, a prem job, a prem club to come in for him? Um, but Albion are keen to sell to China because they're just offering much more money. No, none of the English clubs have got near his release clause fee. Yeah, do you reckon? Do you reckon Rondon's almost sitting there and hoping that if China meet this, you know, the uh, the release clause, that a prem team will sit there and think, oh bloody hell, we've got to meet it now. Potentially, but um, at the moment, that's not the indication I'm getting. The mm. indication I'm getting is that China, that the Dali and Yifang are, are very keen, and that that's, that's probably where he's most likely going to end up. Mm. Um, and then one room which was doing the rounds surrounded um, Ahmed Hagazi. Now there was talk of Villa being interested in him, and then there was Al Ali as well. I think. I mean, you don't want to be losing someone like Hagazi, do you? No. Um, and I'm not convinced that they will lose him. I don't think there's anything in that Saudi Arabia link. Um, now, I mean, maybe the club is interested, um, yeah. and they can probably offer a lot of money. But I don't know whether Hagazi um, seems a backward step for would, him. Could be keen on that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, um, Villa might be a different kettle of fish if, if they were if they were seriously interested. But they seem to have you know they've signed concert since then. They, um, I mean, this Engels deal for them looks like it's nearly done and dusted is he a defender yeah it? okay so you know I don't think that's that there's any maybe any legs in that and mm. uh, and I think Higazi you know he's got an ongoing um, an ongoing uh, ankle issue as well so yeah you know um, that might need um, to be assessed when he returns from the African Cup of Nations so you know it, it's um, it's I'd I, 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 be surprised if he went but you know you never know if someone comes in and blows them out of the water then then they might have to go yeah certainly right incomings uh, we've already covered Kravinovic um, striker is where you know as you said desperately needed um, talking Neil Mope I think there's going to be a lot of teams in for him yeah I mean he scored 28 goals for Brentford last season um, it'd be interesting to see if Albin are, Albin are keen on him but they're behind Premier League clubs in the queue. Mm-hmm. Sheffield United and Villa are both keen, but I, I, there's an, there's a suggestion at Villa that they can't keep going back to the Brentford well yeah. because the, it just looks a bit looks dodgy, doesn't it? Not dodgy. That's not that's the wrong word. But it looks it looks like they're not um, doing their due diligence and getting in 
you know they're just buying players that Smith as Dean Smith has played with before or, yeah, or managed yeah. before. So I, although Villa definitely need to sign a striker um, to back up Wesley Morace, um I'm people that know more more about the club than me think that that might not happen. Um, Sheffield United have uh, just signed Callum Robertson and they are also keen on another one and I can't remember his name now um, on the verge of signing another striker so maybe maybe they're walking away from more pay mm-hmm. I think the question is how, how much will Sheffield United want um, how much will Brentford want I think in, in wages terms Albin can could, could easily get more pay in yeah. um, but it's just whether there's going to be a Premier League club you know in who are keen because I think Bournemouth have also been created with interest Although Callum, I think Callum Wilson Callum Wilson's just signed a new contract, yeah. so all these things are at, are at play. Um, it'd be, I think, it'd be a great signing if they could do it. He's young, you know, he's twenty-two. He's got twenty-eight goals last season. Um, he's got sell-on value. They could probably double his wages. Yeah, um, I think he's on about eight at, at, at Brentford. Um, it's just, you know whether they can if they can get a massive bulk in for Rondon, then maybe they could do. Maybe they could they could buy mm. more pay for the sort of fees that shit, that uh, Brentford are talking about, but it depends on a lot of things. I think that one. So um, you know, don't be surprised if you see him at a Prem club because I think there's obviously interest in him. Yeah, certainly will be, and he's got a bit of bite about him as well. I tell you what, he's a <laughs> he's a bit of a heated character, but he can bang in the goals, can't he? It'd be a quality it'd, signing. It'd be a good signing because because of how young he is and, and and his goal record in the Championship. It'd be a great signing, but um, like I said, it would be somewhat. There are, there are a few things that need to fall into place for Albin to land that one. Yeah, certainly. Um, another one, um, Jamal Lowe, forward from Portsmouth, Wigan, being linked with him, apparently a £3 million bid. And there's a lot of talk around Albion being linked with him, but whether it's actually going to happen or not. I've not, I, I've not heard that, that they were too interested in him. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, um, I would suggest that... I mean, I may, this may not be the case, but I would suggest where Albion strongly interested in him then he probably would have picked the baggies over over Wigan but you know yeah. you, you, maybe not but um, I, I've, I've not heard that they that they were keen on him myself and of course you know the uh, any other talk around strikers any other names you've seen mentioned I mean it's, it's been a bit quiet hasn't it it has and um, I think that's because of the way the, the perhaps the market where Albion are shopping him yeah. yeah they're going abroad they're going to um, the foreign market um, I don't think they're going. They, I don't think they're going to necessarily go domestic because the way, because of the wages and because of you know there was a lot of talk about Charlie Austin over the weekend, but I just don't see how that was ever a possible deal for Albion to do because he's completely the wrong age, um, profile, wage structure for them to get in. You yeah, know, he, they need to lower the age, no, lower the the wage bill and lower the average age of the group, not. And I don't think Charlie Austin offers you that. And also, he is injury prone. I like Austin. I think he's a cracking striker. I think when he's fit, he's brilliant. And he's a prem striker, in my opinion. But um, I just don't see how that was ever a deal that was ever going to be on the cards for Albin. So I'm not really convinced by by, by that one either. Mm. Um, in midfield, of course, you know it's good to see Raheem Harper signing a new deal. Um, they, do they need to strengthen there in your opinion or is it not much of a priority it's not a priority uh, I say up front and, and defence are far more seriously understaffed um, you know 
but they do need a wingers. I think you know on the right they've got Phillips and Edwards. And yeah. you'd be happy with that. On the left they've got very little. Mm-hmm. Um, Rayhan Tullock looks like a very good prospect. Wouldn't be wouldn't be against him being the understudy to someone. I think he's a. I think he's a. He looks like he's got a lot about him. To be fair, I quite enjoyed his little cameo as well at, at, in Benidorm. Um, and he's 18 now, so it's time. It's, you know, it might be time for him to start getting a few more few more games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they need a left winger yeah. ahead of him. Um, if that's how they're going to play, if they're going to play four four two, if they can play four two three one, that's how they're going to play. Um, I think they need to do that. Obviously, Brunt can play out there as well. Yeah. Um, but you know. Does he have the legs? Exactly. I mean, yeah, maybe Brunt and Tullock, but um, you're looking at two at either end of the age spectrum there. You probably, yeah. you probably want those two as squad players, and you probably want a first choice left winger who, who's, who's, you know, in his prime, or at least maybe a few years older than Tullock, sort of yeah. a young, a young twenty, early twenties who's, who's looking good. So, in midfield, I think they could do with um, they could do with perhaps. Um, Another central midfielder, perhaps, and a left winger. Those, those are the two areas. Do you reckon Barry and Morrison have got any chance of getting a new deal? I think Barry will, um, provided he, he proves his fitness. He's running now, mm-hmm. um, so he's he's back running on the grass, which is good. Um, and if he gets back to fitness, I think they'll give him a new deal. I think yeah. they'll offer it to him. Certainly, um, he's been doing his all his rehab at the club. Morrison, I don't think that's going to happen. He's not been training with the club, and um, I don't believe he's been asked to come back. Which no. is, you know, is a shame because it, Morrison's been such a a, a great servant for so many years, and he, you know, I had the pleasure of, of sitting down and having an interview with him at the start of the summer, and he was an absolute gent. You know, bought me my breakfast. It's <laughs> just uh, <laughs> like Rodriguez in many, many ways, a very salt of the earth, down to earth character. And, yeah. and there'll be a lot of fans out there listening to this who would have met Morrison over the years, and and will, um, you know, maybe will agree with that. He's just a, a top bloke. So. Um, it's a shame. It's an end of an era of, with him going, mm-hmm. um, but I hope he finds a you know another club soon, and it'd be great if he could. Uh, um, no, maybe back in the championship. You never know. Might link up with Tony Mowbray at Blackburn again, and um, be great if he came to the Hawthorns next season in in, in another colour. It'd be very weird. Yes, yeah. uh, it'd be great to see him again. <laughs> yeah, certainly would be. Uh, and then of course defence, as you said, um, we've seen Dawson go. Need to replace him. They need a right back. I'd, I'm not convinced by Neam. I didn't think Neam. Played well against um, against uh, Villarreal. I, I don't think his heart's really in it. I think he burnt some bridges at the club as well last summer. So I think they need to offload him. So they need at least one right back, maybe even two. Um, I think at the in centre back they've obviously got Higazi, Bartley, Dara O'Shea, and Jack Fitzwater. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like O'Shea has moved ahead of Fitzwater in the pecking order, um, but the, is that enough for the next season? You probably want one more, yeah. I think. You probably want one more senior guy to challenge uh, Bartley and Higazi if Higazi stays. Um, and then maybe you have O'Shea as your fourth and Fitzwater as your fifth. Yeah. Um, left back, they're okay at the moment with Gibbs and Townsend. But is Gibbs going to go? You know, he, I didn't I didn't think he was, his heart was really in it on Saturday, to be, to be honest. He mm. gave away the penalty. He didn't seem like he was that up for it. Um, is he one that might be thinking it's time to move on is he one that the club might be thinking it's time to move on Yeah. Um, if they do that then obviously they need to bring another left back to uh, to uh, compete with Townsend so there's there's plenty of work to do at the back I would say do you reckon Townsend could cut it as a starting left back for Albion yes I think if he was given the right coaching and given a run of games in the team I think when Gibbs was injured you know, I think when he first dropped into the team he, he did look like a League One player yeah. who was out of his depth. I think the game against Blues away, 
Yotta, um, well, he, he he did have the beating of him that day. Yeah. But I think as the season wore on, he, he, he when he, there was a period where Gibbs came out and, and Townsend came in and he, every game he got better and better and better and he looked, he did look a lot better. So, Yes, I think he's you know he's a he's a young he's a young player that needs to play football and um, he's maybe not, not not that young anymore but he's mid twenties anyway. Um, so you know give him give him a run of games in the team and I, I wouldn't be against if Gibbs were to go I wouldn't be against him getting another another left back in that sort of mould of Townsend mm-hmm. from the lower lower leagues or maybe abroad and letting them fight it out together. You know, competition does breed um, sometimes breed good things. So. Um, I think Townsend should be. I think Townsend should be eyeing up a first team place certainly the next season, um, especially if Gibbs goes. Yeah, it should certainly be an interesting couple of weeks anyway, Matt. Um, the amount of players they need to get in. Um, of course, you know we did touch on outgoings, but there have been um, a couple more, or two, or one, one which has definitely happened, one which is on its way, um, and they're coming from Albion's youth ranks. Uh, Louis Barry, of course, set for Barcelona. I mean, West Brom aren't too happy with Barcelona about this. Um, and then, of course, Morgan Rogers. I mean, you see a lot of talk on social media about this, and there's some fans saying that Albion should completely scrap their academy. I'm not too sure about that, but things certainly aren't going too well for Albion in this kind of market, are they? Well, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? Um, I, 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 I completely disagree with the notion that they should scrap the academy because um, I think it's one of uh, the currently the overperforming parts of the of the club. Yeah, um, I think it's done very well under Mark Harrison, and um, I think it, you know it, it, the fact that it produces so many England youth players more than the likes of Man United and Liverpool is testament to that. Yeah, you've got some very good people that are working there um, still, even though a few of them are leaving. Um, so I don't think it's I don't think you need I don't think they should scrap it at all. In fact, I think they should be trying to capitalise on what is one of the club's strengths. In terms of Louis Barry, that is a kick in the teeth because he he's a, he is a superstar in the making. Well, he would be at Albion. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen at Barcelona? But it, it is almost just a case of bad timing. Um, mm. Barry was talking to Barcelona a long time ago. Yeah. You know, um, this is not necessarily Albion's fault. I mean, could they have done more to keep him potentially? But I think... You know, they offered him a three-year deal, a one-year scholarship followed by a two-year pro contract, and you know, I think if you, it's so hard to compete with Barcelona, I mean, I don't know yeah. how you do it. You know, Barcelona offered a three-year deal, PSG offered a five-year deal, um, and apparently, you know, a lot of money as well. So if he was just going for the money, then I think they would have gone to PSG, but yeah. as a family. But obviously, they. He's gone to Barcelona. I mean, I don't know how you turn that down to get a chance to work in one of the most established academies in the world. No, it's... because if you fail, I mean, and lots of people made this point. If you fail at Barcelona, then then you end up at Spurs. If you fail at West Brom, then you, you know where do you end up? It's so I I don't begrudge him that move. What what is sickening, I suppose, for the club is the fact that this cross border flat rate compensation fee um, devised by FIFA of two hundred thirty five thousand pounds is just not enough, and it's just it doesn't. It doesn't give. It doesn't bear bear fruit to the work, the hours and hours and hours of work that people in that academy have put into Louis Barry, who's been at the club since he was six. Mm. You know, that's ten years of development for two hundred thirty-five thousand pounds, and you're talking twenty-three thousand pound a year. Yeah, no, it's not. It's... it's just not on, and not in this current climate, not in this current industry. Needs so, to see. It needs seen to. So that it? needs seen to. 
The Morgan Rogers one is slightly different because Rogers is now being fan. I think it was a wrench to leave, but again, Manchester City, very difficult to turn that down. They've yeah. got the best manager that you know of well probably in world football at the moment yeah certainly um, there in Pep Guardiola you've got a chance to go and play at a club who are you know in, in those facilities you know it's it's it was a wrench for him to go I think um, but when Manchester City offered Albion you know four million pounds for, for a 16 year old who okay very talented player yeah um, has the potential to be a very very talented player and has the potential to be a, a superstar um, you know he's consistently high, one of the highest performing members of his England age group um, he was really one of the jewels in the crown I mean those two were the jewels in the crown of the academy but when I suppose when a club offers you four million um, for a 16 year old who hasn't played a league game you do have to sit up and take notice now for me the the Taking that money means that you've now got to back yourself to, to deliver something with it. Yeah. Um, to deliver something, not better, but to deliver something with the £4 million to use that money wisely on, 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 on getting the squad up to the Premier League. I hope, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if there is, but I hope and I, I pray that there is also a, a sell-on including the compensation. I'm not sure whether you can do that with a compensation fee rather than a transfer. I don't know, but you would hope that there was some sort of thing that Albion might get because yeah. they have developed him uh, more than Rogers as well um, you know there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, things going on with the academy this summer you've got Mark Harrison leaving for, for Aston Villa which we touched upon I think in the last podcast yeah um, and Mike Scott as well is, is is leaving for Derby County and Luke Dowling's making some changes behind the scenes as well he's um, separating the first team from the academy players a bit more they've got their own their separate entrances and separate uh Canteen as well now. Yeah. Um, now you could look at this both ways. On the one hand, it, it's it. I think Dowling feels like this is what happens at the majority of other clubs in the country. Uh, the academy players are separate to the first team, mm-hmm. and it's so that the players themselves don't think they've made it too early. Yeah. Um, whereas at West Brom, because of the, because of the nature of the training ground, which is a small complex, and they've got they've only got one canteen, so they've had to create a new one. Yeah. Um, I think um, that that historically that's not been the case, um, and I think Dowling felt that um, felt that that needed to change because he was concerned by players making themselves. Now you speak to some people in, inside the academy, and, and I'm, I, I know that there are some people who are unhappy with those changes. Um, yeah. Some quite high-profile members of the academy staff are unhappy with those changes, but there are others um, who think. Actually, it makes sense, and it, it is necessary. And mm-hmm. and actually, the academy could do with having its own building. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can look at it both ways. Um, that I think the concern for me is that, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying this is the case because I know it's not the case for Mike Scott, who's gone for Derby, who's gone to Derby. But I, I the concern for me is that hopefully Dowling is not marginalising the good academy staff mm-hmm. that, have, that are producing these fantastic players Yeah, um, because you've got some great some great um, people there and it's really important now you know if he wants to change the culture that's that that's fair enough that's his prerogative but it's really important that the, the academy is a, is a strength of the club mm-hmm. that the, that it continues to produce um, these players and this conveyor belt of, of, of good players coming through because if not then Dowling is backing himself to uh, produce something better. Yeah. Um, 
Now, fair enough if he wants to do that. You know, you, you, you can. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you look at other clubs like Brentford and Huddersfield who who, who have scrapped, scrapped parts of their academy and gone down a different route. I personally prefer the academy model because yeah. um, you know, isn't it the dream of having people like Samfield and Morgan Rogers, Albion fans mm-hmm. who have come through the system in the first team? Isn't that is that not the dream? Yeah. Now, on the flip side, Morgan Rogers has just gone to Man City. Samfield has been in in and around it, but never really given been given a, fu- a full run in the team. So. Look, it's it's a very, it's a very uh, emotive and, and intense um, debate. But I think that the academy is worth pursuing, persevering with, um, because ultimately, in especially when you've got an owner like Guarch Lai, who's at the moment not willing or not able, or probably both, to mm-hmm. invest money into this into the team, um, you're going to rely on those players more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, now. That and and I think the majority of Albion fans would like to see those players, homegrown talent, in the first team, um, especially if they're good enough. Now, do the rules need changing? Yes, you know. Um, are, was losing Louis Barry and Morgan Rogers a blow? Yeah, definitely Barry um, mm-hmm. and and Rogers as well. I suppose you would call it a blow, but at least you got some good money for him. Um, I suppose that you know, that's the cold hard financial. Matter thing of the matter, but the romantic inside me wants, wants you know, Albion fans who grew up in the area playing the first team because they've got a great academy. And I just hope and pray that the changes that um, are, are going on lead to Albion's academy becoming uh, lesser than than what it was. I mean, they've got they're going to have a very they're going to struggle to replace Mark Harrison who's done a cracking job there. Yeah, um, and Jimmy Shan of course has, has gone as well. So they're going to struggle to replace those. But there are still some very good people inside the academy. Doing a cracking job, you know the likes of James Smith and uh, Mark Naylor and Steve Hopcroft, who, who's, who's great at plucking local talent. And I just hope and that they're not marginalised as well. Yeah, here's a point about the academy. If you were to scrap it, you wouldn't see a fee at all for Morgan Rogers. You wouldn't see that four million pound at all. So that's essentially pay. You know, he's, well, he's that's made the thing, isn't it? Money. Yeah, that's the thing. That 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 is that is you know. For, I suppose the people that. The people that question whether they should carry on, it, it would we would argue well, um, your best your best talent gets plucked early, yeah, like like Barry and like Rogers, and then the talent you're left with is it good enough for the first team? You know, Raheem Harper played a lot of a lot of minutes last season, yeah, um, but he nearly went this summer as well. So, you know, I can understand that argument, but like you say, if you've got something good and that's overperforming in in the country which it is yeah it should be you know it's worth keeping hold it's worth trying to trying to keep hold of it and trying to to, to continue to grow it and continue to to utilize it and like you say you you know okay that Barry going to Barcelona was difficult to take but you can make money on the academy yeah if 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 it's done correctly and if and if you're shrewd and and you know Hopefully now Harper's new contract means he's worth a lot more money. Um, you know, Spurs were sniffing around him. Spurs were keen on him, but he stayed at he stayed at Albion after talking to Bilic. And hopefully he he plays regular first team football next season, and he's worth a a fair few bob next summer. And if he goes then, he goes then. But uh, you've made money on him, and that's hope. That's the way that they should do it. But um, yeah, it's 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 a big it's a big issue because of the way that. The bigger clubs come and poach the uh, the best talent, and 
Um, but I also think that Albion have got something good and they need to hold on to it. Yeah, certainly. Um, right, let's go on to questions. Let's finish up with questions, Matt. Um, first one comes from Jared Buckley. Obviously, due to our lack of depth within positions, it was mentioned Rondon will be leaving with this £16.5 million release clause. If we're struggling that much to get a striker in, can you see him somehow staying until January? No. I think he's gone. Well, I, th- I, th- I can't see him staying. Right? When when the board come out and say, a, a, we're going to sell him, yeah. it's not very often. And, I mean, unless this deal to China somehow falls through and then no other English clubs are interested, um, then he might have to play until January. But I, 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 I think that's a very slim possibility at the moment. Mm. Uh, Mark Colley or Colley, sorry if I pronounced that one wrong. Um, I've just found out that Dave Bowler has been made redundant by the club. Is this true? This is like taking the soul out of the club. Comments, please, Matt. Well, Dave is not going to be doing the uh, program next year. Um, he will have a column inside the program. Um, I'm not sure about the circumstances of his exit, but uh, yeah, he's. Um, he, he, it will be a loss because. Um, He's he's a fantastic writer and and, and the program is an award winning uh, an award winning uh, edition. You know it, it it wins countless awards each year, so yeah. he will be a loss. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure completely about all the circumstances, but I, yeah, I don't believe it was um, his decision. Hmm. Mark Colley again again asks, uh, really concerned that Bilic has had to speak out about our lack of transfer activity. Should we be worried? I think. Uh, I'm not sure about worried. I think they're, they're sh- well, perhaps worried, yeah, perhaps slightly concerned that they're leaving it a bit late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the biggest concern would be that they they don't get off to a good start. Yeah. Um, but until the window, sh- it's hard. You, you can't really judge the window until the window shuts. Um, you can't really judge it halfway through. Certainly, mm. um, you can be. Con- I think you can be concerned by. Um, Lack of action, the lack of activity, in the sense that have you, are you giving Bilic the right enough time to get his team up to scratch? But you know, it is a long old season. It is a very long season, and uh, remember, Gale um, ca- came after the start of the season last summer. Yeah, now that's just one player. You don't really want to have five or six coming after the start of the season because that th- makes that first game against Forest very difficult. But that is still only one game. Yeah. So um, I think. All managers would prefer to have uh, their squad settled on the first day of preseason, as Billy said. But the realities of the situation, the realities of the market, is that just that that, that very rarely happens. Now, mm. Albion are one of the worst at it in terms of leaving it late. Yeah. Other clubs like like Villa, for example, are doing their business very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but worried, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried yet. But in in a week or two's time, if they haven't done any business, then 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 I will be worried. Uh, Paul Chapel, this is an interesting question. Season starts tomorrow with the current squad. Where do you think we'll finish? With the current squad? Yeah. Oh, God. Bottom half? <laughs> I'd take that. But I don't know. Where, don't, I don't see where the goals are coming from. You've got one striker. I don't see the, where the goals are coming from at the moment. They need. They desperately need, to, they desperately need strikers. I don't... I, yeah. I, where, how are they going to score? Because Robson Carnu is, is, is okay when he's back to goal, but he's not a goal scorer. Is You're asking it? for a lot of goals from midfield, aren't you? Um, you need goals from midfield. So Matt Phillips, you need him to stay fit. Um, and then who else? Who, Kravinovic. Kravinovic. goals? Unproven, really. I mean, it's, it, it, they would be struggling 
Paul. Yeah. I think they would be struggling if <laughs> uh, if this if this team started. So yeah, they've got to do some business. Yeah, uh, Sandbox. Is there any news on Chris Brunt and James Morrison's joint testimonial? I thought it was meant to take place this preseason. No, I mean I think that's. Um, I don't think that that will happen because. Um, I mean, it's 12 years now since since uh, they joined the club. There was talk about it two years ago. It didn't happen then. Um, last season, um, last summer, obviously relegation took place and there was a bit of uncertainty around uh, Morrison's future. I think what instead happened was the supporters club put on a testimonial dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I think uh, there was talk. I think with a testimony, I think it's up to the players to organise it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think Wes Houlihan. I'm not sure what happened with Wes Houlihan's at Norwich, but um, yeah, it, I don't think it's going to happen. Yep, uh, Comrade Chirkop, Matt. Apart from George Harmon, who else has been offered and has signed a professional contract? What from the academy sides? Mm. Um, not not got everything um, through on that yet. I think they're waiting for to see which ones um, stay so they can sort of announce them all together. But I would imagine you know the likes of um, well, I think just the, the other the, the other players in that in that team who haven't signed. I mean, Jamie Saul's already signed one, I'm pretty sure. Um, but the other players in that under 18 squad who who haven't uh, signed one yet. Um, you know, I was. It's, it's, no, Finazaz is a, is is a, a year up. I'm not sure to be honest, but um, I, I think there's, there's there is a batch of them. From what I gather, pretty much all of them have been offered contracts, mm. um, and I imagine the majority of them, apart from obviously the the, the high profile ones and Lewis Barry, Louis Barry, and, and Morgan Rogers will probably sign them. Yeah. Um, JBG WBA asks: Has Neon got any suitors? Not that I'm aware of, but I do think Albin will try and offload him this summer mm. abroad. Probably certainly. Probably back to uh, Spain, yeah. Yep. Why, um, asks Oliver Arnold, when we have a complete overhaul, we have we only signed one player on loan two and a half weeks before the season starts? Because it seems that Dowling is, um, as I said earlier, is thinks there's value in the final two weeks of the window and it seems that they are waiting to see how much they get for Rondon. Mm. Um only time will tell whether that's whether that's a sensible uh, business um, uh, model. Yeah, I suppose with the loan market as well, you've kind of got to wait for Premier League teams to kind of make up their minds on players. Because if you're going to loan players from the Premier League, normally you sit and wait and teams figure out who they're going to send out on loan and who they aren't. And that mm. normally happens after pre-season camps, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, Matt asks, likelihood of Slaven walking if we don't heavily bolster the squad? I personally want no part of the project if I had to work with such an inept hierarchy. Well, strong words. Um, if uh, if we, well, if they don't if they don't bolster the squad, I think as you as you heard on Saturday, he he, he is frustrated at the moment. So um, you know, I'd, I think if they but if they don't bolster the squad, then you could see relationships maybe deteriorating. But uh, I. I'm sure that they'll uh, get some players in. Yeah, be, I'd be. You'd be really worried for Albin if that happened, wouldn't you? Well, if they didn't sign anyone, yeah, yeah, of course <laughs> they need to, don't they? They, they? they desperately need to. Uh, okay, let's see any more. Uh, any news on contracts for Morrison and Barry? We've already sorted that one. Um, <laughs> someone asking here if we're going to protest before the Bournemouth game about everything that's going on or not going on. 
Um, that's a bit much for me. Um, John Moore, 91. What has our scouting department been doing? We've signed Krivinovic, a player identified by Slav. He's identified and signed a player in a matter of weeks. What's done in the scouting team? Haven't recruited a soul. I mean, a lot of lot of tough questions here, Matt. Well, it's a good question. I mean, until <laughs> until until Dowling and Ian Pearce deliver signings, then unfortunately that will be the question. Yeah. Um, because they have, as I said, he hasn't signed anyone permanently, and he, they haven't added anyone else yet. So, um, no. And yeah, Kravinovic was was Bilic's man. Um, they need to get going. They do need to get going. Jack Eustace, think Ollie Burke can be an important player this season. At the moment. Um, He'll have to be. He'll have to be. I mean, I'd, 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 I'd love for Roddy Burke to have a good season. I would. I'd love for him to realise the potential, and, and but it requires, I think, um, some very good coaching. And, and I think if I think he could play a part as an impact uh, player off the bench. Mm. Uh, Dan Bramall, do you think the fan fury is fueled by social media, or do we have a genuine concern to worry? Could West Brom do a Sunderland? Um, what did some didn't some of them double drop? So. They did a double drop. Yeah. Although it was it was one season after the other, wasn't it? Whereas instead of this would be a, a season of relegation. I think it would be very surprising for Albion to get relegated uh, this season. Um, Even with Billich and the players they've got now, I think they'd have enough. I don't have any strikers. I think they need someone to stick the ball in it. Yeah. Um, Adam asks how many strikers do you think we realistically need to sign bearing in mind we have promising players like Saul and Tullock who are almost ready to be called up to the senior team two three two two maybe I think I'd take two good strikers two good strikers with uh, Robson Carnu and Jamie Saul sort of behind them maybe mm. but if Billich wants to play with two up front maybe need three maybe never know um, and last one any players signing this week asks Daz I think after what Billich said, then I think that's a, a, a serious indication that, that, that there will be. Yeah, yeah, they've got to sign someone, haven't they? Right, um, that just about wraps up all the questions we've got. Thanks for sending them in. Um, There's a lot, obviously, a lot of concerned fans out there, aren't there? I mean, and I, I think until until some some of these signings get through the door, then they're going to be concerned because at the moment the squad is 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 obviously too thin. Mm. Um, yeah, and it, they just need to get going, don't they? Could it be heightened by the fact that you've got a club literally down the road doing lots of business? Um, I don't think it helps. Um, but then again, Wolves, you know, the other club down the road haven't done much business at all, mm. really. So, um, but I don't think it helps. I mean, it's it's look the the time to judge transfer windows. I always think is three months, six months down the line, maybe even 12 months down the line, yeah. not in the middle of them. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always reminded of, of that transfer window when Albion got Krakowiak, um, Gareth Barry. Okay, yeah. Barry's been a good sign, but um, you know that, that window where Albion were largely credited with having the best window of the Premier League. Yeah. Now, what happened is actually they um, splurged £40 million of cash reserves and went down. Hmm. Now, that wasn't just because of the business they did. That was also because of the decisions they made um, after that in appointing Alan Pardew and various other things and, and what happened, obviously, with him. But you do have to be careful of um, jumping the gun with, 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 with judgment. Mm-hmm. But I think at, at the moment, there's nothing to judge. And that's the concern. And that's why uh, supporters are obviously concerned and aware that things need to get done 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think after, I think rightly or wrongly after the uh, the long, the long wait for a new for a successor for Darren Moore. Now, obviously, Albion kept Jimmy Shannon in charge. Now, and I think you know on the balance that that was probably the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a long time in between permanent managers from Darren Moore to to, uh, to Slavin Bilic and obviously the business that they did in January was late on I think there is a concern that Albion leave it late and as long as they don't leave it too late um, and don't get what they need then we'll wait and see and, and judge it after that but at the moment yeah I think they need to get they need to get they need to get a wiggle on as I said earlier yeah get moving Albion get moving right that just about does it from us Matt unless you've got anything else to add uh, no just um, just uh, yeah please keep reviewing the podcast um, and if as I said earlier if, if anyone's keen to, on sponsoring it get in touch with me and we'll, we'll see if we can set something up yeah certainly certainly right we will be back next week and fingers crossed we'll have some signings to be, to be talking about. But until then, bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Matt Wilson.